What tabletop RPGer doesn't love dice? I do, and I'm sure you do too. So if you are looking to begin a dice collection, or let's be honest, add to yours, check out Dice Envy. Go through the link in our show notes and you will be able to find many, many sets of beautiful dice of all different kinds and sizes. When you use the link in our show notes to go to the Dice Envy site, not only will you be able to shop their entire collection and catalog of various dice sets, but you will also help support this show because a small portion comes our way, which we will then immediately roll back into making this show better for you. So check them out, diceenvy.com, or better still, go to them through the link in our show notes. Hey stackers, do you feel like your games are bland and lacking in atmosphere? Well, fear not, because if you go to BattleBards.com, you can access a whole host of sound effects and background music that can really spice up your games. BattleBards.com offers a Prime subscription, and if you use our stack code, S-T-A-C-K, you can get a 20% discount on this subscription. If you are a Prime member, you have access to a soundboard and editing tools, and the ability to stream sounds. This can be useful for adding like a dragon's roar to a final boss encounter or maybe some ambient tavern music for when your players are at the local inn taking a rest. Check it out at BattleBards.com. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. The guide who brought you here is standing there, but he has stood transfixed the whole time. And as you turn to look at him, you can see two pinpoints of purple light coming from under his hood. The whole point coming down here was to get the star stone. Okay, you find a likely outcropping of stone, and you are able to wrap your rope around it, make the knot secure. And it's only 30 feet down, so you have plenty of slack in the rope. I'm going to wrap it around his waist. I'm using him as a human pulley. <laughs> And then I'm going to go to the edge and wrap it around my waist. Here, here, Peter, help feed this. I'm going to go help feed this rope down. I'm going to come over to the star stone and try and tie it up. I will do that. As you squat down to examine this as you're trying to figure out how to rope it up, you look above it across the cavern and you see more of this stone splinters of star stone just embedded in the walls of this cavern. It's everywhere around you. The guide, again, steps back and goes rigid, and you can see purple light shining from under his robe. I'm going to take his hood off. If we drew... Because he's not moving. He's not moving. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just... I'm doing it. I'm just like, ooh, buddy. Maybe we should put it under someone's cloak or something like that. Otherwise, it's going to be scratched and disgusting. Let's take the cloak off of the dude that's frozen (gasps) and use his cloak. Dude! You take the cloak off. You unfasten it around his neck, and as you start to peel it back... (laughs) Peel... His head is completely wrapped also, but it's an elongated head. I think he's a, um... A sham? A sham. It's not a sham. Whose idea was that? <laughs> uh, but oh, well, he, they are the wolf with Tommy. He is... Werewolves. <gasps> with speed, you rush off after the guide, and at a certain point, you see the guide up ahead. He's standing by some timber bracings in the hallway. It's an eerie 
sensation to basically tumble into a room with all these cloaked figures. All the heads are turned in your direction. This time, there are no murmurs. Everyone is watching, and as the stone is revealed, there does seem to be a lessening of tension in the room. You must not tell anyone. Do you understand? Tell anyone what? What you have seen here. We will not. I suppose so. We don't even know what we've seen here. The figure steps forward with a large chest and sets it down. You have done us a great service. I think I'm going to take the shield because that's kind of my thing. You have an arrow-catching shield. All right, I'm curious. I'll take the cube, and I want it to be... I want it to look like a solid, like tungsten. I want it to be kind of heavy and, and weighty. You chose a cube that, with the right command word, becomes a fortress. I would like the ring, please. And the leather. You have armor of resistance. Mm. This is a ring of resistance. (laughs) We have one more thing to give you. And there's Balrina, head held high. She still has some uh, muck stuck to her, but for the most part, she's been cleaned up pretty nicely, considering. Let us hear now what you have to say. Hey, stackers, welcome back. We are always happy to welcome you to the table with us as we continue our ongoing 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm Rhett, the DM, and with me is... The thing is Peter Greyhawk. Michael is Wamberbash Benson, Mom. Meredith is Tyr Ironstag. (laughs) Who's ready to tell a story? Me. I am. I suppose. (laughs) All right, we left off with the entire room looking expectantly at Tyra. Tyra, it is your turn. Go. Wow, that much of a run-up there, but okay. All right, so you have to remind me of some of the key points here. That dark armies have been encroaching on their lands? Not yet. They've been basically trying to push against the Reavers' armies to keep them out of Witani lands. But, you know, that's that's only going to last so long. But a dark army is approaching. And we've seen them, and they are ruthless. Now, they have made points about how we are fine on our own, but you could counter with... Well, that's because they've also had the other two tribes to contend with, and when those are gone, the full force Mm -hmm. of the hammer will be upon the anvil. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Okay, here we go. You just kind of have to wing it. Jump up or run. You want us to go like this while you you do it? No, I don't care what you're looking at me. I just, no. All right, so Tira takes a a step forward, not not timidly, takes a, a quick step forward, um, but definitely is not quite used to this type of a spotlight being on her, so she's just going to try and concentrate on Erdwolf and sort of block out everybody else there. We come to you from the lands of your brethren. Both the Marchioness and Dunsi are aware of the growing threat to Watani lands. We have seen the dark armies who are marching across all of Edelin. And believe me, 
They are not an enemy to be taken lightly. They are ruthless. They are evil. They don't care who gets in their way. And they will be too much for any one small tribe of people to withstand. You say you're comfortable staying here in your caves. And that may be true now. But you haven't faced this army yet. And once your brethren have been wiped out without you, then you will face the full force of the Reaver's dark armies. And that is something you do not want coming to your doorstep. I urge you, great King Erdwolf, that you would reconsider and reunite with your brethren. <laughs> I can't believe I got that all out in basically one take. I am impressed. Erdwolf stands very still. Everyone in the room stands very still. And they make no noise during your entire speech. And as soon as you're done, it's been building in your mind as you've been talking. You've been feeling more passionate about it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when it's done, you're expecting, <gasps> yeah, exactly, excitement. Yeah. But there's nothing. The echoes of your voice ring through the hall and then die away. And it seems like hours pass with no sign of motion from anyone in the room. Womberbash, I can almost see you kind of like shifting uneasily uh, in the unexpected silence. Peter, um, the same. You know, th there's just a very uncomfortable feeling, but you can almost hear minds working. And then at last, Eredwolf bobs his head, reaches down to the throne, and picks up a long, polished bit of metal. It's a scepter and holds it up in front of him. He regards it for a moment, and then takes one smooth step to stand directly in front of you, and holds it out sideways to put into your hands. Take this. Tira is very taken aback, but almost in a dreamlike state, just reaches up her hand underneath and accepts it from him. This scepter we brought with us when we departed from our brethren. Hundreds of years ago. The other tribes will recognize it. We cannot accompany you now. But we will come in our own time and in our own way. We will unite with them. They may count on us. It seems things are at work in the vast lands of Moriga. You must go now. My guide will lead you to the surface. We will see you again. She deserves bonus experience points for I that. Love him. Not, inspiration, maybe? We're not there yet. Oh, I know. I'm just making note of it so that yeah, no one a, forgets. Yeah, make a note. Inspiration. Yeah, take inspiration. Uh, that will cut into any experience you get. Well, okay. Well, it's, I never get inspiration for anything. <laughs> That's not true. I mean, I have gotten it, but like. Okay, I want to open this up. Yes. Each game, you actually, I, I want you each to have one inspiration that you can give. So if somebody does something, uh, whether it's a die that you hand them to, to signify, I'm giving you inspiration for that. That way I'm not the only one being vigilant about it. And so um, you each have one inspiration that you can give. My holdup to that is you can't just give it for whatever. Right, right. No, it um, has to be an inspiration-y thing. Yeah, it has to be inspiration-worthy, but you have one that you can give. Okay. Ooh. Per game? 
Oof. per long rest. But a, li- a limit okay. of one, though. In other words, you can't give somebody two, right? Right, correct. Okay. And yeah, you can okay. only ever have one at a time anyway. Okay, um, so is there anything else that you want to do? You have your horses in the throne room with you. When he said he's going to lead us to the surface, does that also mean letting us know like a safe path out of this valley? Because are we going to go through back through that like craziness of mental swamp. stuff? He can see that working on your minds, and he says, we have another way out. Okay, good. We need to be able to get back to Bruce and uh, Udvada. As long as you have nothing else that you want to take care of down here? Mm-mm. Tira is just going to look steadfastly into the king's face and just say, thank you. We you're... will relay your message. I thought she was going to say, I love you. <laughs> but she's your Yeah, I'm saving myself a chip. I knew it. She yes. said it out, out of, of her mouth. Break. Straight from the horses. We are going to put that front and center. Yes. (laughs) Completely out of context. (laughs) I'm saving saving myself for (laughs) Jessica. Okay. So with that, another guide, (laughs) one that is robed and not ashamed, leads you through a series of passageways. As with most caves, Tira, you're doing better with this, Mm -hmm. but even you are starting to get turned about as he leads you up to the surface. And it seems like, well, first of all, you didn't do any climbing to get here to the throne room. You came in through a cave entrance under the waterfall, and it was yeah. it was all pretty much single level. So you're, the fact that you're going up and up actually says something to you. And then you emerge at last from a very skillfully concealed entrance. There are a couple guards here as well, and they part as the guide comes and whispers to them. And you step out into the grassy lands of the upper plains. Uh, Behind you, to the north, you do see the uh, depression of the hollow. So we've exited a totally different spot than we came in. Yes, but my horse is over there along with our guide from the other Watani. What's his name again? Widfara. Yeah, Widfara. You come up, the guide bows to you and then turns and disappears back into that entrance and if you didn't know it was there, you would not be able to tell that there was an entrance there. Okay. Everyone roll me a perception check. You're back in open air. Natural 20. Okay, Tira's, Tira's going to do it. I'm not going to make that. You mention Bruce, and as you do that, you look in the direction where Bruce, where you left him, and Widfara basically resting at that, uh, that rock with the skulls on it. And as you do that, you see a dark speck hanging in the air. Hanging in the air? Mm-hmm. It is the familiar shape of the airship. What? Ah. <laughs> Woo! You guys, look. Look is, this way. It's a good three miles distant northwest of where you stand. Right. How but far- is it coming in our direction, does it seem? It's not moving. It's just hanging there. Oh. How far away is uh, Widfara and... Um, three and miles. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm going to fly out to my horde. I'm going to fly over there. To the, to the ship or to your horse? Well, to, to both of them. They're on the same direction, right? Yeah. It looks like the ship is where Widfaro was waiting for. Oh, you. understood. Understood. So I'm going to fly out there because obviously he has no idea where we are. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll let you guys, oh, you guys are on your horses. Um, which one? You can. I can glide. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I can turn it into a soldier underneath me and right. go half the speed. <laughs> so I'm going to take off and I'm going to head toward, um, toward my horse. Okay. Tell him where we are. We'll head that direction. Got it. Wamberbash, you take flight. You just leap forward off the edge of the hollow cliff and start flying. And, and Tira and Peter, of course, you see him slowly 
shrink in size as he heads away from you. I forgot to do something. Hold on one moment. So Wamberbash, below you, spread out, is the hollow. You see the golden sand and the waterfall as you spring out over it. There's the open stretch of grass and then the hill with the stone circle on top. And then bearing to the west in a kind of a dogleg fashion, uh, there's the swamp. And down below, maybe you can make out some movement in the wet and the trees. But other than that, it's very quiet below. And then up ahead, Hovering at about 300 feet off the ground is the airship. It looks like the crew has already used a net to lift up Bruce and Widfara's horse. And then Widfara is standing on deck and he is just, his, his eyes are wide and sparkling with wonder as you approach. All right. So I'm going to obviously not go to the ground. I'm going to head on up to the the ship and I'm going to just, Go on to on, on deck. Okay. Uh, describe your landing. I want to hear it. So actually, I want to describe my takeoff. Too. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So basically, um, you see the edge, right? And if you're Tira and, and Peter, you sort of see off the edge and, you know, you can't really see what's down there. You can see what's in the distance. So what I, I think I do is I like jump off and then you don't, you don't see me. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden you see wings spread and just goes up basically uh, so you drop out of sight and then suddenly pop back yeah, up. yeah exactly exactly Very and then nice. and then when i when i head toward i i come up a little bit um up above like about 20 feet above deck and i just sort of swoop down but as i swoop down i just i i i uh beat my wings a couple times to kind of like slow myself down yeah. and i land so your feet just gently touch down yeah. on on deck great the next time i do it i'm gonna flutter with my hand on my chest like this (laughs) okay you land uh settle right onto the deck and widfara is just so happy to see you first of all he hasn't seen you for hours (laughs) it's been well actually yeah (laughs) yeah it's been hours (laughs) oh my goodness not days not weeks no no. hours he hasn't seen you in whole 37 minutes (laughs) he scoops you up in a giant bear hug your feathers are getting ruffled. Hey, uh, it's nice to see you. I don't like hugs. I thought you were gone. No, uh, we were we were successful. But listen, Tira and and Peter are over there. We- successful. Yes, we have oh, to go over there. Oh, that's wonderful news. Yes, uh, let me get the captain of this ship. Uh, you and he points, and here comes the Simmeries bobbing along. <laughs> A Simmeries, it's working. It is, it is. We were able to fix it, uh, at least for now. Uh, there are still some things to work out. Uh, where is everyone else? You, you see that area over there? That's, that's where they are. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, we will follow this rim. Yes, perfect. Excellent. And then he turns and begins relaying information to the crew. They begin to jump into action. And so very gently, the airship begins to pick up speed and it's, it's turning sideways as it moves forward. And then the airship begins to follow the rim of the hollow, moving southward along it. After about 10 minutes of travel, the airship has been moving and you're getting close to seeing little kicks of dust as Tira and Peter are dashing toward the airship. Would it be possible for me to drag Tira's horse? No, right? That'd be too much. Like if I'm flying and I'm dragging her, would she be able to be in tow? As in a gliding form, even if she like goes like this and rides the wind, it would Too never heavy. happen. Too, Too heavy. heavy. 
Tira and Peter, you are dashing forward on your horses. They are galloping along the west rim of the hollow as you're making your way up toward where the airship is. You're moving at fast horse speed, but the airship is moving at a, even though it looks like it's moving in a stately fashion, it's moving very quickly. And so in about 10 minutes of your riding time, the airship is within, I'll say, 300 yards of where you are. I guess it worked, Peter. He, he's, here he comes. We're, um, uh, I guess I pull up on Bellrena's reins to let them overtake us. Yep. She skids. The shadow actually passes over you as it comes overhead. And then it, it's slowing very gently again. Uh, but as it's coming to a stop above you, this giant cargo net just comes tumbling over the side and falls down. And so your horses have a way to get on board. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess we're just going to basically trot on over the net so they can yeah. pull us on up. You have to yeah. stay on the horses, right? So, yeah, you can stay on the horses. The horses step gingerly over the edges of the net and basically stand in the net. And then with a wave up, uh, suddenly you hear cranking sounds. Wamberbash, you're there. You see them with a, with a capstan. And it's, it's gradually winching the net up. As it comes up, of course, the hooves go right through yeah. it. So you have two horses that are just yeah. <laughs> in the net with <laughs> looking very yeah. stiff-legged as they go up. Uh, and Tira and Peter, you actually find yourself squished together yeah. in the net. So your little nose is sticking out of a hole and <laughs> stuff. I mean, you are it's not uncomfortable, but it's not humorous. ideal. It's not, it's not painful, but probably uncomfortable. And then eventually you are hoisted up onto the deck. Your horses move towards the center of the deck. And basically, you now are on board a mostly functional airship. And what I want to do is treat the rest of this episode as kind of a creation corner with some actual play sprinkled in. That's why I gave you the blank sheets of paper, Michael. I want you to actually sketch the deck plan. The three of you working together are going to come up with what this ship looks like, uh, what rooms are in it, or compartments, I guess. (laughs) You know any features that you want to have in it within reason? Yeah, and uh, let's let's just turn this into a creation corner episode where we're working together to come up with the ship design. Yeah, Asimaris comes bouncing over. Tira, it is so good to see you. I've heard horrible stories about this place. What have you seen? Oh, Asimaris, I'm not sure you would believe us if we told you. It has been not my favorite place to be i'll put it that way it is so good to see you thank you so much for coming to get us and peter you look different from last i saw you we've we've but good yes very healthy thank you you do as well Vasham has blessed you and i'm glad for that ah uh, let me show you around and so you find yourself on the deck there is obviously a winching mechanism of some kind here along the edge or the uh, the rail uh, so that needs to go into the design somewhere. But aside from that, I want the three of you to basically, Michael, with your knowledge of ships, I thought maybe you'd be a good person to lead this. And as you sketch, uh, you know, I'd love to have a, a copy of the rough sketch, but then also if you want to finish it up and make it look nicer, I'd love to have the finished copy as well. So I would imagine that being more of a scientific person, a Simmeries wouldn't have much in the way of weapons on board, so not really... No cannon. No cannon or anything like that. At this point, he is purely considering it as a mode of transportation. Yeah. His rather innocent mind has not taken it in the direction of weapons yet. That's good. That's good. All right. So it looks 
Right off the bat, like a typical wooden sailing ship. First of all, Isamaris, as he's guiding you around, he says, I have had a lot of trouble coming up with a good name for it. I, I have no ideas. Would you happen to have a good name for this ship? Mm. Floating in a cloud of butter. <laughs> the Balrena. <laughs> I was <gonna> say, <laughs> so everything, everything. everything I have is named Balrena. Exactly. Um, question. What is this? That is a um, ionic emitting device. Basically, you, pit, you put the star stones in there, and it's emitting some type of an ionic for the, field for the, locomotion. For the, for the propulsion mm-hmm. forward. Okay. All right. But also, it's, not, it's only for smaller type of movements. Um, there is going to be a sail, uh-huh. I think, yeah. that would actually catch wind. The deck itself, I'm imagining, is fairly clear. The upper deck is fairly clear, but there is, of course, a raised uh, poop deck at the back, back, uh, below which is a Mm -hmm. series of cabins. You're welcome to make those cabins whatever you like. Man, it's it's hard to be confined to uh, just one episode with this thing. That's okay. We can can flesh it out outside of this. I want to get the bones of it down, and then uh, any drawings or things that come from it, yeah, I'd love to see further developed. So I, I'd imagine that it has maybe three decks or so. Okay. So there's a hold at the very bottom, and then a, a deck above that, and then a deck above that, and then the deck that you're standing on currently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So what would, let's start with the deck just below this one. What would be on that one? What kinds of things would you like to list out? Probably most of the quarters, I'd say. I was right. going to say like areas of like cannons or something. Well, like we that. don't really have much in we the way of weapons on this one. We don't have cannons. Oh, we don't have cannons. We're going to invent cannons. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to put weapons on something this nice? Assembly well, is looking very good. He makes a good point. Well, he makes a very good point. Womberbash. <laughs> no um yeah so i guess i it would be some quarters then it would be the quarters of the um of the sailors okay so crew quarters yeah. on that deck just below this upper deck what about on the deck below that if you're truly going to have two decks underneath this and then a hold well where would like i don't know is it mess hall or is that i think that would be on the second because the so, very very bottom one is going to hold all the supplies yeah. and stuff right. so a galley a lot of the uh Kind of like the, the functioning parts of the ship. You would All be the living areas on second deck. You would want that on the second deck? Uh, maybe on the second deck, like engine room and stuff like that. If there is such a thing. Engine room? Isn't that usually living Mechanics, room? mechanics. Maybe a lot of the... Um, inter- like, in other words, uh, the, the Catskull will be going through the top deck, down through the quarters, but then like maybe the actual gears and everything else are running on that on okay. that second deck All or right, that so third deck or whatever. Let's make the central part of the, let's call it the middle deck. So we have yeah. upper deck, first deck. And lower deck. Lower deck and then hold. Yeah. All right, so let's do it like that. So on the lower deck, you're going to have most of the workings of the ship. Steering. Uh, like in other words, obviously it goes, you know, it's, it's yeah, I'm thinking on the side of this thing, we've got like... Um, not wings, but es- yeah, essentially wings, like hanging off the side to help us kind of like tilt it a little bit. Would be wings or just additional sails? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I'm thinking like something like this where it would be like, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like to catch. Like they can go forward and back. Those look kind of like so uh, sweeps. Fins. Yeah. Fins. So they're like, like sweeps? Yes, exactly. Okay. 
and there 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 are um, let's say two big ones up front and two smaller ones mm-hmm. a little bit behind them essentially for like a finer finer um, adjustments, adjustments yeah. um, stabilizers so to speak okay and you're gonna have another one off of the like like there's gonna be a mast a mast a main mm-hmm. mast right you're gonna have one sort of upright to allow us to right so you're gonna have the sail out front like this. Mm-hmm. And then this one that's upright, vertical like this, so it can so it go left or right, right, basically, like a rudder. Yeah, yeah. But up here because it's, it's wind, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Because a rudder underneath is not going to do anything. It's not that kind of a ship. I see. So for the first deck, the cr- the crew quarters, I have so I, I have a bit of a stair system at the back of the ship uh, that allows for going up and down decks, and then there's basically a hull that goes down the length of the ship. Upon each side are individual rooms, and then at the very end of this deck is actually like a little viewing guy with windows on the oh, sides nice. that allows yeah. you know vision up front from. Is, below. Could that be a lounge also, kind of like a relaxation area? Perhaps a bit rudimentary at this state because basically I, I'd assume that the ship is at this point just made to be able to fly. The refinements of comfort will come later. Okay, how large is the crew? Uh, good question. How large is the crew? I'm going to say 15. And what does it consist of? Probably. It's going to be a, a boatswain, obviously, a, um, a quartermaster, um, and it's going to have a couple of a yeomen, and then you're going to have um, basically your, your everyday, like the folks. Just deckhands? Yeah, yeah, deckhands, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about a cook and uh, maybe a surgeon or doctor of some kind, ship doctor? Just trying to think through Star Trek here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that a Summaries would think of a ship surgeon or would he just kind of like do his little magic? Yeah, I think he would. Biz? Okay. Basically, I want you to have a fully staffed mm. airship. We are proposing that it ha- that oh, is basically like a-, like a Zeppelin. Oh, so it has all this stuff and a Zeppelin above it? Yeah, like this is what's actually trying to help it stay st- uh, up. Um, you've got the star stones running these two like things like this in the back, and then you have this for like steering. You don't really need the balloon. You don't, yeah, we don't need the. We no, don't need the, balloon. the the star stone is actually. Okay, what's I, elevating. I was just testing. Oof. Yeah, no, that, that's that. fine. I mean, if you want it, that's that's fine. But the star stone is capable of keeping you aloft. Wombarbash, after cons- have, having constructed an entire balloon system uh, attached to this ship, very disgruntedly, disgruntledly disconnects it all and lets it drift off into the atmosphere yeah so and uh, underneath the hull like essentially along like the keel right that that you know that center beam that goes down underneath or whatever you have like indents into the um the hull where sort of rounded um things are, are sort of protruding a little bit it almost has the idea of like Rocket boosters, yeah, but like it's, on a Saturn it, V, it's, it's emitting the vibrations essentially mm-hmm. of the star stones, allowing that to be what's actually lifting it off of the ground. Okay. Propulsion is mostly from the wind itself, although it, it, this helps for finer propulsion, like if it's like um, impulse engines versus warp. Okay, <laughs> and how about viewports? Are they yeah, liberally are scattered? Are they few stuff? in number? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, do they have glass in this t- day and age? Sure. Okay, all right. So, but I'll I'll say it's like the the leaded glass. Okay. So it's like nice. it's not exactly Warbly. Yeah, yeah. So all right. I'm putting I'm putting a viewport into each individual cabin. All right. Are they rounded or square? Round. Okay. Yeah. All right. And 
you're walking the deck and decide to go down below. So you're walking on that first deck, looking through the crew quarters and just poking your head in. They're comfortable by ship standards. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not terribly small and uh, tastefully appointed. Even though this is a prototype in spirit, the crew, knowing that they were going to be on it, decided to make it comfortable. So you have fabric, you have beds with actual mattresses on them. It's not just ropes. And so all sorts of amenities have been put in here. Uh, You have that viewing lounge on this deck with glass across the front that allows them to see out and let light in. And I'll tell you, going through clouds is just amazing. So you're walking that deck and the sunlight is streaming in. It's a golden day. It's a summer, early summer day. So that sunlight is just streaming in. But it's cold. It's really, really cold on deck because when you're that high up. 300 feet. It's getting colder and colder as you get up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as you absolutely. go up, certainly yeah, it will. Yeah. At 300 feet, I'd say you're, it's still okay. The, with the wind and blowing and stuff, I'm thinking. Yeah. It's whipping. Yeah, it whipping good. All right. It's finger whipping good. Sam Rees is really excited. I mean, he's just bouncing as he goes down the hall. He's opening each door and just saying, look, 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 look. And uh, your excitement is really fueled by him mm-hmm. at this point. And then he takes you to a staircase and goes down to the lower deck. And there in the machinery, the cogs and everything that are moving and grinding, uh, you see little sparks. And then you see a figure stand up and lift a mask. It is you. It is good to see you. (laughs) I imagine this could land in water and and float. It has been just, yeah, it's shaped like a boat. The boat was certainly the inspiration for it. There's a possibility there. Uh, It may or may not be seaworthy. Really, as far as take, how well it's sealed. Right. Yeah, caulking and all that. I'm going to think it is. <laughs> okay. Maybe, yeah. J- just in case. Now, I'm as far as the engine room, mm-hmm. I'm imagining that to us, it looks like chaotic nonsense. Like, it's not all very neat and good. And like, it's, it's like, it's like, like what, what's yeah. that, uh, the guy who makes the, oh. the Rube crazy. Rube Goldberg. Yes. It's like, a, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. Because this is the summary's building it and it's just kinda like he's oh I'm gonna do this, oh and this too and I'll do this over here. So it's kinda like a big explosion. And that's that's where Bakongo comes in. Bakongo has been trying to organize it. (laughs) Bakongo is like coming behind the summaries and trying to make order Uh out of it. Made with held together with duct tape and string. I mean, I'm, I'm like seeing, you know, a, a leather boot hanging from a string. and you got know. a Here's the other one. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> you, have, you see a hamster running on a yeah, wheel exactly. as powering this whole it, thing. Yeah, exactly. Very, very whimsical. So I have for the second deck, I have like a central room wherein the, um, the star stone that keeps this thing floating is housed. I'm just going to put a... Where's the mess hall? Well, it's going to be in the... Actually, I did, I, did, I did leave a space up at the front... Uh, that's the toilet. That's called the head. There's going to be a lower deck. There's going to be a <laughs> about, deck. So about the, the dining hall is beneath the head? <laughs> <laughs> How about in the aft part of the ship on that deck? Could there be the dining hall back there? In I mean, that open area between the back. stairs? No, right in there. Yeah. Yeah, what's all that stuff? So these are staircases. Uh-huh. Uh, the, Shift these, those back. Like back here? Shift the stairs oh. back to make room for a dining area. Okay. A galley and dining area. I'm going to have to move this door here. Are there officers' quarters versus enlisted quarters? So that's quarters? up on, on the main deck. 
Okay. So you have. I'm, I'm talking about, well, is there an officer's mess versus a. No, a, no. Okay. Nah. The, the crew is egalitarian. <laughs> there's, there's, I mean, this isn't much of an organized Navy here. This is just yeah. like. It's just a couple some of, reason is. And a contra- contractors, I guess. And so the the captain's quarters below the poop deck, that's where actually you have space there. And Asemri's has space there. And then the crew's quarters are on that first deck. Right. So on the second deck, I have this middle room wherein uh, the flotation star stone is, is housed that keeps it. Let's keep the ship in the air. In the very back of the ship, there's an engine room where uh, where the the adjusters are kept to you know turn yep. the ship. And there's this area here, which is, f- I, I guess, the dining the dining hall now. Which I guess is the mess hall. Yeah, mess hall and galley, something of the sort. And then we have the hull. No, the hold. Yeah, hold. That's what I said. So doubt that's going to be at the bottom of the ship. Basically, that's going to be where supplies are kept. Yeah, so, they're, they're compartments. They have a bunch of tie-downs to make sure everything is is tied down. It can't roll around because it'll be a shift of weight and it'll cause that's right. issues. Exactly, especially in the air. Right. <laughs> that's mm, the last yeah, thing you want. Yeah, we want this thing rolling over. Wow, Asimri's, you, you have quite a bit of stash of tea here. Um, did you- I love tea. <laughs> we should throw it overboard. Yeah. What? <laughs> we hold these truths. There are some limitations we have done some testing, and we have found that it cannot travel very well for long distances. You must land every 24 hours or so, and the amount of time it takes in between varies. The stones sometimes need to recharge more than others, so mechanically speaking, there's a 40% chance that you the ship could be temporarily disabled for up to 1d6 days. Goodness. Also, the speed is not what I was hoping it would be. You can average about 17 knots. That's about 20 miles per hour. That's not too bad, especially compared to, yeah. And we can only take it at most 1,000 feet. We started to go above that to test things, and the, the hull began to groan and creak. I think maybe there's not enough support for it at that altitude, and so you must not go above 1,000 feet which of course limits your travel. You must go around mountains instead of over them. So there are some things that you must keep in mind, but I have been working on a newer, better version of this airship, and so I want to leave this in your hands to test for me. Oh my what? goodness. What? Would that be acceptable to you? Would yes! that be acceptable? Um, oh, summaries. That's absol- perfect. You absolute king. <laughs> but Congo must come with me, of course, but what? the crew will stay. Oh, okay. okay. Good. I don't know how to work this mess. Uh, but I really want to know what name you would give this ship. Windwalker, the wind wind cruiser, windbreaker. Wind <laughs> <laughs> um, Skyrider. Skyrider. Skywalker. The Photon. Starkiller. Uh <laughs> Um, it runs on Starstone. Maybe we should put Star in the name somewhere. Mm. Or, Star Runner. Or, yeah. <gasps> Star Runner. Star Runner. No. I hate that one. Oh. <laughs> you don't hate it. Star Sailor. Hmm. Went Wind Sailor. Dawn Treader. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how's, about, how's about Star Sailor? Star Sailor. That, Star Sailor. That works. That works. Yeah. Star Sailor. 
Asimarese rocks back on his heels and thinks, I like the sound of that. Yes, Star Sailor it is. We basically just entered into that text prompt, but Asimarese is just an NPC. That's, what would you like to name it? Bloop text box. <laughs> you just type Dontred. No. Enterprise. Photon. Uh, yeah. Enterprise. This name is already taken. <laughs> I, I typed in already taken. Yes, it is. It's Star Sailor 3375. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Star Sailor it is. You have an airship. Oh, my word. Nice. nice. And again, it has some limitations. Over time, as Asimaries works out bugs and things, some of this stuff will be lifted. But you needed a, a way to move around faster. So you have... <sighs> An airship of your own design, and we're going to improve on the drawings and yeah. try and try and really dress that up. Uh, but I want you to actually think about what your room, your cabin up on the upper deck is going to look like, that kind of thing. Can it work on the premise of the crystals are vibrating because crystals vibrate? Sure. And he's, he's, he's found a way to focus the vibrations in a direction. Uh-huh. Okay. But whenever we go too high, it's it's it vibrates too much that the, everything starts yeah, to yeah, shake yeah. as if it's going to fall apart. So in the future, hopefully, as he refines the design, he's able to capture more of and control more of the vibrations so it doesn't rattle the whole thing apart or something it. like that. I love it. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. So I, I want I wanted this to be a creation corner collaborative effort to build out your your airship. I keep wanting to say starship, <laughs> uh, the Star Sailor. Uh, is your ship now, and you are the captains, jointly. <laughs> I want to be actually the XO, and I want my nickname to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, number, number two. <laughs> <laughs> I smell like number two. No. Okay. Oh, my. Now, before we wrap this episode, we lift off the deck into the golden afternoon air and streak southward as mile upon mile of the rolling grassland races beneath us. After some time of this headlong flight, we see a dark line that stretches from right to left. It doesn't take us long to realize this is one of the Reaver's armies, and it's plunging deep into the heart of Witani lands. <gasps> the dark column of soldiers tramples its way westward, flattening the grass most of the terrifying soldiers move on foot in relative silence. Only the occasional grunt or coarse laugh sounds over the clank and squeak of arms and armor. However, some outriders move on swift horses at the edges of the long column, galloping up and down its length to convey messages to the captains of smaller units. One in particular, apparently an advanced scout, races toward the head of the column from the west, and the rider pulls up, turning neatly to fall in next to the commander a lean figure with a scarred face and shaven head. The scout salutes, then wipes some sweat and mud from his face before speaking. My Lord Shumash, they are forming. Somehow your advisor failed to drive a wedge deep enough between the tribes. I make their numbers about 7,000, with much of it cavalry. They outnumber us there. Much of the fighting force has been encamped in the plains north of the marshland. I have watched their training from afar. They are complacent, making no attempt to hide their numbers, and many are unfamiliar with blade and bow. The scout ducks his head deferentially and says, Forgive my impertinence, Lord, but with our numbers, Shumash, the commander, has kept his eyes fixed on the horizon through the report, but now his eyes narrow, and he clenches his teeth as his hand drops to his side. 
His voice is like silk across the open land. And though it is quiet, it can still be heard over the din of a moving army. Perhaps you have forgotten the fury of those who defended that detestable village a few days ago. I bear fresh scars that will not serve to make me more beautiful. And then there was the last stand by those from the mountain. I have many debts to repay. During this, his hand has been rubbing the head of a heavy warhammer marked with a stag's head in silver tracing. A hammer that would look all too familiar to a certain barbarian. There's a sudden jerk, and we are pulled away from the rest of the conversation, although we can just make out the words. We will face them soon enough, perhaps tomorrow, and they will fall. That's where we're going to wrap this episode. First of all, let me say, the moment Tira sees that hammer in his hand, quadruple it's going to be a rage, rage, a rage upon rage. (laughs) It's going to be it. nuts. I knew it. There was it. no way. There was no way he was going to survive oh, that. Oh, no. Oh, my. And, and, and think about it. We know nothing. Mm. Yeah. Like, we know, but we don't know. Like, the, te- the, the, the team doesn't know, but. It's dramatic And so irony. when you see that, you're going to be like, oh, my that's, word. that's my that's my dad's. What? Oh, my word. <laughs> it's going to. It's like. Man, her voice got deep. Turn full demon. Oh, my (laughs) word. Wow, that's nuts. All right. So experience points wise, I want to give you, I want to give you each five for working through the layout of the ship and just coming up with some neat ideas and role playing. And I think that's going to pretty much do it. I was reminded after the last episode, we didn't do a recap. So we're going to do that now. Do you have any other things you want to nominate for Norse Mm. Battle? Not particularly, no. Um, are, are you counting? Okay. Oh, Tira's speech. I was going to say, right. her speech. Hey! I, you said it was going to decrease, but not that she yeah. wouldn't get additional. Yeah, uh, you take two for your speech. Okay. Okay. Uh, well done. Thank it was a good you. speech. And the Witani, the Wolf Witani, have joined the cause, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, how are we when gonna, they feel like how it. How are we going to get word to them to say, hey, look, this junk? I mean, we find out because we don't even know now. Right. I but, think our next move is going to be sailing back to where what's yeah. this dude is so that we can. To the plains to yeah, figure yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we it's can the give them the um, scepter and say they're coming. I got some ideas for the next episode. Yeah. I'll just keep those to myself. Oh. Right we'll right. find out soon enough. Let's get that recap. All right, Tira is now at 86 points into level 8. Sweet. Wamberbash is 91 points into level 8. Hey, closing that gap. Peter Greyhawk is 5 points into level 9. Great. Everyone, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, it was kind of a merge of Creation Corner and actual play. We hope you like that. We may do more like that in the future. It's going to depend on what kinds of things come our way. Look for the rough drawings as uh, an upload to Twitter and Instagram earlier in the week. And then as Michael has time to pretty them up and finish them and make them look more finished, uh, we'll provide those separately. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this. We'd love to hear about it on Twitter and Instagram or by email. And we will see you here again next time at Stack of Dice. Hey, stackers, welcome back. Just before we get started, I wanted to... Before we get started, I wanted to... Before we get started, I want to... (laughs) (laughs) Beep. Beep.
we have seen the dark armies who are marching across all of Adeline. Ad- okay. <laughs> oh, what's this place we live yeah. in called again? <laughs> Quiet, you 